As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. I speak alive. Don't give up the fight for your life. You shall live and not die. Let's not lose another person to a senseless death. Substance abuse, gang violence, suicide because of low self esteem. The power of life and death is in the tongue. Speak life over yourself and those you love. Sometimes my computer is packed up. You're gonna live
and company and the company so tonight we're going to be talking about we need each other I need you to survive I need you to survive and we're going to be coming out of Colossians 4 verses 7 through 18 and I'm going to read it and if you have your Bibles I'm going to be reading from the King James Version so if you have your Bibles please go to your Bible so that you can follow along with me the best that we can. Um, I got to make this a little bit smaller so that I can, if people do decide to say something, I can uh, I can say something back to them because this way I can see their, um, see their comments. So anyway, so again, we're coming from Colossians 4 verses 7 through 18. And this is greetings from believers, greetings from believers, okay? So all my state shall Tacius declare unto who, who is a beloved brother and faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord. Now, Tacius is a native of Asia, so we understand where we're re- what we're reading about. He is a native of, of Asian. Uh, he was the first to join Paul in Acts 20 and 4 and continued to serve alongside him, just so we can follow along, okay? So anyway, so all my state shall Tachias declare unto us, unto you, who is a beloved brother and a faithful minister and a fellow servant in the Lord, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose and that he might know your state and comfort your heart. With Oninimus a faithful and beloved brother who is one of you, they shall make known unto you all the things which are done here. Now, Oninimus is a native of Coloss, of that's how we get Colossians, of over the Colossi, the and he was a runaway slave. Okay, Artistuus was a fellow prisoner and saluteth you. I'm in uh, verse ten, and Marcus, sister's son to sisters. Sister's son to Barnabas, touching whom ye receive commandment. If he come unto you, receive him. Now we're in verse, and Artisterus is a native of of the Thessalonian, uh, Paul's companion and a fellow prisoner. I'm just trying to get y'all to understand where we are in the Bible. And, And verse 11, and Jesus, which is called Justice, who are the of, of the circumcision, these only are my fellow workers unto the kingdom of God, which have been a comfort unto me. Ephraim, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, salutes you always, laboring fervently for you in prayers, and ye may under, you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. For I bear him record that he hath a great zeal for you, and them that are in lesson. Laodicea, who these words, and them in Hierapolis. Luke, the beloved physician, and and Dermis greet you. That's what we're, that's where we're going to, no, we're going to go on to 18. Salute the brethren which are in Lacedonia, 
Laodicea and Nymphus and the church which is in the house. Now my reading is horrible. And when this epistle is read among you, cause that it be read also in the church of Laodicea. And ye likewise read the epistle with Laodicea. And say to Archippus, take heed the ministry thou which thou hast received in the Lord, that thou will fulfill it. That thou will fulfill it. And, and verse 18, the salutation by the hand of me, Paul, remember my bonds. Grace be with you. Amen. Now, I, I, I don't, I, that reading is kind of a little rough. I do understand it though. So we know that John Mark, the gospel writer, joined Paul and Barnabas in their first missionary journey. In their first missionary mission, their journey. And Paul and Barnabas, they parted ways um, because Paul did not want Mark along for the second journey because Mark was a very uh, zealous. He just got saved and he was zealous and he was he was a little bit too much for Paul at the time. And so Paul was kind of upset with Mark because Mark was like that. And he was like, probably like a lot of us Christians, when we first get saved, we want to tell people how they ought to be and what they ought to do, how they ought to do it and how, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And so Paul was a seasoned Christian. He knew how to come in with love and speak the truth and go out with love. And he knew how to talk to and commune with the people. So Paul was upset with Mark saying, basically, you need to take him on back with you, Barnabas, because I can't deal with him right now when I'm trying to win souls for the Lord. But throughout this verse, Paul become, become, uh, becomes aware that he does indeed need need Mark. Mark has a usefulness to him. And that's why I say um, that we need each other. I need you. I need you to survive. We need each other. And so Paul realized that he sent Mark away for so Mark could learn to be up under other fellow seasoned people that would have time to train him and to and, and I think of that in my own spiritual walk and how at times when I first got saved I was real zealous and I was da 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 da, -da. and then I had to sit up under teaching for many 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 years. And then even to the point where I was like, you know what, I'm done and I come back, and, you know, but until God was able to really work, have people work with me to teach me and to train me, then there was like some usefulness. I had some use in the kingdom of God. I was useful. And, and so people realized, well, you know what, she did, she's pretty good in this or she know how to do this or, you know, and God saw that I was faithful in it. So, so therefore there was some use there was use for me. So since we're coming out of that, Tatius, um, so we understand that um, where we are in the scriptures from 1 through 18. So these are the only, Jew Jesus who is called Justice is where also sends a greeting. And these are the only Jews among my fellow workers of the kingdom of God. So that tells us that there were other people that were also, also useful for the kingdom of God. Um, but Epaphras, A P P, I mean E P P, no, excuse me, <laughs> E P A P H R A S, Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Jesus Christ, sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. We are supposed to become mature in the Lord, mature 
and fully assured. We shouldn't have to be uh, always having something taught to us where we, you know, starting back on block one when we should really be on block five or whatever. Um, and I, but I vouch for him that he is working hard for you and for those of Lacedon, Laodiceus and higher here, Rapolis, <laughs> Air Rapolis. That's it. But anyway, after this letter was written and has been read to you, see that it is also read in the church of Laodicea. That's what he's telling them. Read this, also read this to the people, the people of God. And Archippus, uh, see to it that you complete the work that, and you have received in the Lord. And he's saying, I, Paul, write these greetings in you. I write these greetings to you. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. He's telling them, you know what? Remember, 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 remember. Hold on. What is going on? This thing. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, jeez. Oh, Hold on. I got another. This thing is acting up today. I'm trying to figure out. I'm working new stuff, and it's not um, it's not working the way it, I need to it. Um, but I'm gonna go ahead and uh, go back on here. So anyway, <laughs> I tell you, working this computer stuff is always a little bit more challenging when this, when I got different stuff going on. But anyway, let me get back. So. We we have an, so we observe this that Paul did not operate alone. He didn't do he didn't go on his missionary journey alone. He had other people. Paul mentions over one hundred people by name in the New Testament. That's just a little bit for forewarning that there's lots of people that he had on his journey that he was able to uh, work to to be able to teach and work with um, to get the word of God out. He wasn't doing it alone. In in Romans. 16, there are 26 people that he listed. Here in Colossians 4, he mentions 10 right there in that in those scriptures. There's the tech, there's one, two, three, four, five, yeah, about 10 of them. He mentions right there in, in that. Paul was definitely not a lone ranger. He wasn't a person that was just out there teaching and preaching the word of God alone. Paul was definitely not a uh, a person that functioned as a member of the team by himself. By the way, this should give us an incentive that we always work harder at remembering people's names. We should always, you know, I shouldn't be able to be like, right, let me call sister. Uh, 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 uh. Take an account to remember people's names. Remember the people that God places in your life for you to work out with and for you to learn and grow together with. Um, this should give us an incentive to remember people that work in the vineyard with you. Christians have always relied on networks. We've always been able to call pastor so-and-so over here and sister so-and-so over there. And we always are trying to um, remember to, to call on each other. Paul was a great networker. He was always one to be able to call other people and to have other people to work in the vineyard with him. Without supportive friends and partners throughout the world, the gospel would not have spread as fast as it did. Just like right now, we have different avenues of networking to be able to get God's word out to the people. Um, when 
when, you know, I have a friend, uh, a friend of mine that re remembers everybody's names and looks for ways to leverage their relationship for the sake of the kingdom. He always knows everybody, knows everybody's name. I've tried to learn from he, from this person as I communicate on a regular basis, basis with different pastors and different friends and different uh, missionaries and leaders and people that I know. I've also developed a ministry partnership with different people in different states, and they've accessed this website and accessed uh, monumental moments in God's word. And I try to keep in touch with all those different people all over. So because you never know when you can help them or they can help you because we're all in this together. Friendship is a part of our discipleship. It is something that we should be doing in order to make sure that we are getting God's word across to everywhere. Our sanctification should extend to all of our relationships, not just one or two people, but everybody that we know as we live out the supremacy of Christ in our life. It will affect our interaction with other people. So we got to always maintain our friendships. And some of us are very good at it. And there are some of us that are not. We, If I if I met you 20 years ago and we're still friends, I believe in keeping our friendships and our people that we know, keeping them together and keeping them in a circle. Sometimes I lose track of people, but we they come around at some point. And so God uses us to be that link as we live our life. In fact, our friends can help us to grow. That's what we're here for, to, for God to allow our friendships to grow and to blossom together. In Proverbs 27, 17, it says that iron sharpens iron. That's what it does. It sharp, it's iron sharpens iron. This is as iron sharpens iron. So one man sharpens another. So we need each other. The church was created to be a community of interdependent people. People, that means interdependent means I depend on you. You depend on me. We depend on that sister over there, that brother over there, so that we can all grow in this world, in this life of Christianity and as child of children of God. Friendships develop through shared experiences. Most of Paul's relationships were nurtured in the crucial uh uh, in the crucial time of the ministry partnership, that's when that's when Paul's ministry growed and it and his relationships with other people nurtured. Because you know, if we all got something in common and we're at a, say we're at a barbecue for the church or something, and we're all we all have fun together, we start remembering the type of friends that we had, and we can go back to those people. Some of us, some of the best friends that I have, and who I will ever have are those who I met in the body of Christ. I'm telling you, link up with your churches, with your local churches, meet people, get to know people. People are more important than the programs that they take, that they put on. They are more important to us to remember that the ministry always flows along relationship river, relationship things. You know, you can you can go and be invited to a church and never connect. And then that church, going to that church really meant nothing. But if you go to a church and visit it and then you bring your friend and your friend connects with somebody else there, next thing you know, their pastors connect, your pastors connect. And that brings the ministry, it it, it takes a whole nother turn. It's important for us to remember that ministry always flows, always flows along a relationship purpose. 
I've made mistakes when I put programs above people, when I thought that things um, were more important than people are. Ooh, if I've ever done that to you, then I'm sorry. If I've ever looked like that certain things in my life are more important than you are, I'm sorry. Hallelujah. It's beneficial to have friends who are different from us. It's important to um, for Paul's friends. Uh, they were they were in, in in the midst of Paul's friends. He had doctors. He had lawyers. He had a runaway slave. He had friends who were Jewish in the background and others who uh, we he had a person that was a native of Colossia. He had an Asian, an Asian person from Asia. So y'all know that it's beneficial to have friends who are different from us. We can't all be alike. In order to live in this world, we all don't need to be alike. We need to be different. There needs to be a diverse amount of people. Oh, Lord. He had friends who were Jewish in the background and others who didn't even know who Abraham really was. He hung. He hung his uh, his he hung out with uh, uh he hung out with different types of friends, different guys that had friendships with women. He had, he had, uh, he was closer to some than others. Of course, we all have our inner circles of our best friends. That's why we say you my bestie and all that. We have our inner circle of friends that we're closer with. That's true enough. He was closer to some of them than others. Some were givers. Some were takers. A few were goers, go out. Several were old. He had a handful of new friends, new people. Some were up to the task while others bolted from their beliefs. They didn't, they didn't stand up to the things that they believed in. Do y'all know there are five groups of friends? We're going to talk about that. There are five groups of friends. And I need y'all to understand that we have five groups of friends. I don't know why this keeps cutting off. We have five groups of friends, y'all five groups of friends. We have the fervent friends. Mm -hmm. The fervent friends, the fer Paul's fervent friends had five, he had five faithful friends. FFF, five faithful friends. He also had a friend who was a fervent prayer warrior. His name was Epaphras, E-P-A-P-H-R-A-S, Epaphras, who is one of the servants of Christ Jesus. He sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you. Everybody needs that prayer friend, that friend that'll pray at the drop of a hat, that friend that will be there praying for you, praying you through. He's all that that everybody needs that prayer warrior friend. A prayer warrior friend. You need that friend that stands firm in all the will of God. You need that mature and fully assured person that will vouch for him that he as humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He is working hard for you and for those that are in less, uh, Laodicea and higher polis. Everybody needs that prayer warrior friend. We have already met Epaphras in Colossians in Colossians 1 and 7. He was the evangelist who first launched the church in Colossus and labored in teaching and shepherding at his, as, a first, as their first pastor. He is called the servant of Christ. This word in Greek is better translated as slave, a slave to Christ. A slave of Christ recognizes that all, the, all their possessions, all their aspirations, a time belongs completely to Jesus. So everybody needs a friend that has that that has that that has that evangelistical that evangelic type of friendship everybody needs an evangelist as a friend a person that labors in the teaching that shepherds just like a pastor that teaches people that brings the word out that this the, the person that is enslaved to god everybody needs that kind of person has, needs that type of friend we already talked about the friend that's a uh, the friend that's that, that's a prayer warrior. Everybody needs a prayer warrior friend. Now we need the friend. We need everybody needs that friend that's like an evangelistic type of uh, an evangelist type of prayer uh, person in their life. We're talking about the five friends, the five types of friends that you need. Um, so this other friend is always wrestling in prayer. We need. Uh, we need those kind. We need that person. His prayer was constant, frequent, and intense. That's that prayer warrior. We need that type of person. Uh, we need the person that's great in illustration of Colossians 4 and 2. Devote yourselves to prayer. The verb wrestling can be translated as agonizing. We need that person that agonizes in prayer for us. And is the same word used for the prayer in Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. The, 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 this battle metaphor pictures prayer as a struggle. We need that person that's willing to struggle in the word, struggle praying, struggling praying for us. He's praying for the believers that they would stay stand firm no matter what against the false assurance of the eternal life by grace, not works. Paul can personally vouch for his hand his hard work and prayer as he not only intercedes for the Colossians, but also prays for believers. We need that kind of friends. Friends, prayer is hard work. Prayer is hard work, but we need that kind of person in our life. Praying that costs nothing accomplishes nothing. He didn't pray only when it was, when the praying was convenient or when he had nothing else to do. He prayed constantly and we need that kind of person. And of the 10 friends, Paul also lists in this chapter that he has the friend only Epaphras is commended as his fervency in prayer. That doesn't mean that the others didn't pray, but it just suggests that he had a major ministry in prayer. We need that kind of person in our life. Some of you here are this uh, here right now are discovering that your ministry is prayer. May God bless you and increase you as you pray, as you pray for others. Keep doing what you're called to do. Then we have the faltering person. A number of us are faithful. 
We faithful by faltering. A few of us are fervent and some of us are faltering. This was the case of Archippus in verse 17. And and in verse 17, see to it that you complete the work that you have received in the Lord. Here's another name you don't hear often. When we compare this verse with Philemon in chapter 2, I mean in Philemon 2, yeah, we can conclude that Archippus belonged to the family of Philemon. Some commentators suggest that he was also the pastor of the Colossian church in the absence of Epaphras. For some reason, he was neglecting the ministry he had been given. So Paul reminds him to complete his work. He tells him he may have needed special encouragement to keep it keep at all. Perhaps he was sliding spiritually. Maybe he was tired. Maybe he simply lost focus. We have those friends as well. Sometimes we need to be challenged to follow through on what we have committed to do. Some of us need to follow through on what we're committed to do. Other times we need a nudge. We need somebody to nudge us and say, hey, are you still busy? Are you still supposed to, are you supposed to be doing this? Sis, you need to get back to doing this. Other times we just, some, other times we just fly through it and do what we're supposed to do. But all of us have friends like that. It reminds me of the prayer of Jabez. And that's in Chronicles 1, 4, and 10. Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Are you faltering right now? Are we falling short? Have you not laid it out for Christ like you were in the beginning? Have we been, have we become slowful in our walk? If so, make a renewed commitment to God right now to complete the work that he's given for us to do. All of us have work to do. All of us are needed in the kingdom of God to build, to help build the kingdom of God. Then we have the fickle, the fickle friends. Paul also had at least one friend <laughs> that he conf- that he actually characterized as being fickle. His name was Demas, D-E-M-A-S, Demas. Check out verse 14 that we read. Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you, okay? So he had that friend as well. We can't tell much about his inconsistencies from that, that one phrase, but we can learn more from a couple other ma- Uh, other passages. Paul gives no commendation about Demas and just simply says, I greet you. He just basically sends greetings to him. It's like Paul is saying, oh yeah, by the way, Demas as well. What's up? (laughs) In Philemon 24, he is called a fellow laborer. So we know that he's a fellow laborer by Philemon 24. He was from Thessalonica, Thessalonica and was part of the original band of Asian interns who traveled with Paul. Here in Colossians 4 and 14, he simply calls Demas by name. Perhaps Paul is beginning to see the seeds of his fickle faith as he noticed the beginning of the disease called spiritual drift, a person that kind of drifts away from the Lord. In 2 Timothy 4 and 10, written about five years later, tells us what became of him. For Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. Do we have friends that just deserted the kingdom of God? This deserted from what deserted from what they were supposed to do in the kingdom? Yes, yeah, sometimes we have those friends. Then we have the spiritual weak. It's a spiritual weakness. 
It's a fatal flaw. Those are those, those are the demons people led to his downfall. His sin was that he was more in love with the world than with the one who made the world. Do we have friends like that? I bear to say we do. His sin, again, his sin was that he loved the more the world more than he loved the one that made the world. Y'all, we got to get those people back. We got to get those people back that love the world more than they love the one that made the world. We don't really know what happens to Demas, but we all recognize how it, how it can happen. We know that we can walk with God very close and then things happen around us and we start worrying about the things in the world much more than we worry about the one that made the world. And next thing you know, we're out there in the world. Do not love the world or anything of the world or in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of the eyes, and the boasting of what he was and what he has and does comes not from the Father, but from the world. So do not love the things of the world more than you love God. We have within us the seeds of a fickle, a fickle faith. Those that have a fickle faith. Because we all have some fatal flaws, we all are not perfect. It's so easy to maintain a religious veneer and yet be living for the things of the world. We all know that that's possible. We can't, we can't, we can't live for God. Hallelujah. We can't live for God and try to live for the world at the same time. The Bible says that we can't love God and love the enemy at the same time because we're going to love one and hate the other. You're either going to love one and hate the other. Do you know what it is that could trip you up? Is there a sin that you simple, that seems especially vulnerable to you? Are you messing around with anything this, this evening? that you shouldn't be? Are you trying to serve two masters? We can't serve two masters. Decide today whom you're going to serve. The Bible tells us that we need to make a decision. Decide whom today you will serve. <laughs> Don't end up like Demas. While Demas tubed out spiritually, he did. There are two others on Paul's list who made some pretty serious mistakes, and yet we're forgiven. When you make those mistakes, acknowledge them and get it right. We have the forgiven, the forgiven friend. The first forgiven friend is Onesimus. Now, Onesimus was a slave. He was a slave to Philemon. Hallelujah. Onesimus it says in verse 9, Onenimus, our faithful and dear brother, for a more complete understanding for, for this forgiven friend, y'all need to go to the book of Philemon and read that. It's not very long. Onenimus was from the city of Coloss and was a runaway slave. Somehow he made way to Rome where he got in contact with Paul and was saved. He began to... to live his life for Christ, even though he had been a believer for only a short period. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Paul referred to him as a faithful and dear brother. We can't hold people accountable all their life for the things that they did back in those times, back in the day, or maybe they made mistakes. We can't hold people and act like that they can't be new. They can be a faithful and dear brother, no matter what mistakes they've made. Paul referred to him as a faithful and dear brother. Christ had forgiven Onimus, and Paul urged him to go back to his master, Philemon, and make things right with Philemon. Philemon was the leader of the Colossian church. And so Paul made a beautiful appeal to him in Philemon 12. I'm sending him who is my very heart back to you. He says, I'm sending Philemon, I'm, I'm sending Onimus back to you, but I love him in my heart. He's a dear brother. I'm sending him back who is my heart back to you. Paul offers to pay any debt that Philemon owes. Anything that, uh, that not Philemon, Paul tells Philemon that he'll pay any debt that Onimus may owe. Anything that Onimus may have stole from him. And he wanted Philemon to not only forgive him, but to receive him back as a brother, as a dear brother. Because remember, Philemon got saved under Paul's ministry as well. So Anonymous was wrong for running away, but God forgave him. And Paul forgave him. And we assume that Philemon did too, just because Paul and Philemon were such brothers in Christ. The second friend who was forgiven was Mark. Now I told y'all earlier that Mark was... Uh, was a friend that wanted to go on the journey, that went on the first missionary journey with Paul. And he was the one that was so, you know, zealous. When Paul and Barnabas launched their first missionary journey, they took Mark along as an assistant. But when the going got tough, Mark decides to bail on and return home. He wasn't mature enough to handle that situation. And later when Paul and Barnabas were getting ready to go out for their second trip, Paul refused to take Mark with him. He's like, no, he, he'll mess things up again. 
He's not going to be committed like he was. So I'm not going to take that chance with him again. This caused so much, uh, so much uh, tension and disagreement between Paul and Barnabas that they decided to split up into two teams. So Barnabas took Mark with him. And Paul went on his way with the people he had. Evidently, Paul was able to extend grace and offer forgiveness to Mark. He didn't make him wallow in the failures that he had in the past mistakes. In, in fact, Paul actually trusted him implicitly and wanted Mark to be with him at the end of his life. He found use for Mark again. Just because you have a person in your life that may have messed up, messed things around, didn't do things right, but then they get saved. God does a whirlwind change in their life. You don't hold those things that back then against them. You say, you know what? Call my brother. Call my brother because I know I'm going to get prayer. I know, I'm, I know he loves me. I forgave him. If he forgave me, send for him. Send Mark back to me because I have use for him. I'm about to die and I want my brother Mark with me. Get Mark and bring him to me because he is helpful to me in my ministry. He can help me where I where I can't go no more. I'm on my last, I'm on this last journey. I need my brother Mark. And then Paul has the, the fifth, another type of friend. He has that faithful friend. Paul had five faithful friends who lived out the truth of Proverbs 18 and 24. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than any brother. The first friend Paul mentions, Tychias, Tychias, Tychicus is how Tychicus, in Colossians 4 and 7, uh, 7 and 8. Tychicus will tell you all the news about me. He is a dear brother. He called, Paul calls him a dear brother. A faithful minister and a fellow servant in the Lord is what he calls him. A minister. I am sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances, that he may be encouragement to your hearts. That's what type of friend he, he sent out to him. As Paul's friend, he had been given three responsibilities. He was to deliver letters to the Ephesians. He was given letters to the Colossians and to Philemon. He was Paul's personal, uh, what do they call that, Pony Express, Paul Revere. He was his personal, Paul Revere's personal, Paul Revere. He sent personal letters out, just like the Paul and Paul Revere, the British are coming, the British are coming. He sent out those personal things, personal letters. He sent them out. He was he delivered letters to the uh, to the Ephesians, to the Colossians, and to Philemon himself, because he wrote letters. Okay, he would be able to tell people how Paul was doing. He wanted y'all to know how Paul was doing. As 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 we learned last time when I was talking to y'all about the book of Philemon, when we when we learned about the book of Philemon in our women's group, he would be able to tell Paul exactly what was happening. And, and so Paul asked the believers to pray that his imprisonment 
would turn into open doors for the gospel. And guess what ended up happening? When you have prayer warriors, that's why I say it's always good to have a person that prays, that knows how to pray and get a prayer through. To have that person that's gone, that had, that's on fire in prayer for the Lord, that's praying for you, and you know they pray for you. It's good to have a friend that prays for you. Because he could count on those prayers. He didn't mention much about it, but he knew when he mentioned that I'm going, I need a prayer, a prayer warrior. I need somebody. He has a friend that is a prayer warrior. Wow. He didn't mention much about his personal situation because he knew that Tychicus would fill them in once he arrived. Once that pony, once he sent that letter, he would also, with the letter, he would fill them in. He'd be telling them, oh, he wrote this to you, fill them in, but he says this in the letter, but this is some of the other stuff that's going on. And you know how we are. We're going to tell the story. We got the, we got the book here, but we're going to tell it. We're going to tell, put some more stuff in it as well to make sure that you really understand the story. He would encourage their hearts. We all need encouragement. We all need a friend that encourages us. I'm telling, talking about the five types of friends you need. Hebrews 3 and 13 reminds us that if we're not encouraging one another, if we don't encourage one another, we may in fact be contributing to their slippery slope downhill. If we don't encourage our brothers and sisters in the Lord and we don't help them come along and help them, help them build, help build them up, we many times are the ones that help tear them down. So everybody needs that friend that's an encourager. But encourage, we are to encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today. We got to do it today. Encourage your brothers and sisters today so that none of us have hardened our hearts. And that when when they have when you have sin we're all we are to encourage our brothers and sisters even when they fall into a sin we are to encourage them we are to restore such a one in the spirit of meekness in the spirit of love we have to encourage one another who don't need an encouraging friend are you an encourager do you build others up or do you tear them down all the time we have to look at our own selves do i tear my husband up I mean, do I tear my husband down or do I build him up? Do you tear your wife down or do you build her up? Do you tear your brothers and sisters down or do you build them up? Are you an encourager? God wants us to be an encourager, one to another. Paul was confident in giving Tychicus these three jobs because he was faithful. Do y'all have faithful friends? Everybody needs a faithful friend. I can know, I can think of no higher thing that I'd rather be than be called faithful. Paul had that about his character as well. He was a faithful friend. He was a dear brother. That's what he called, he called his people in, in Colossians, dear brothers. Paul was not afraid to be affectionate. James 5 and 16. Tell me what James 5 and 16 says, Pastor. How you doing, Pastor? Right? God bless you. He was a dear dear brother. He was not afraid to be affectionate in a way he referred to people. He he, he, He would say, greetings, my brother. He would say, remember my bonds. Grace be with you. Amen. He gave them salutations of encouragement. 
of love. When he talked to him, Paul would talk in love. And he was a faithful minister. Paul counted on Tychicus on several occasions because of his faithfulness. Are we, fa are we that faithful friend? Nothing negative about him is ever stated in that scripture, in the scriptures that we read. He didn't talk about him being unfaithful or anything. Did you know that the chief virtue of a believer is faithfulness? Did you know one of the main things to be a believer is to be faithful? 1 Corinthians 4 and 2. Now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. You got to prove to be faithful. God does not ask us to be smart. He don't ask us to be beautiful. But long as we are faithful. He wants us to be faithful with what he's given to us. He wants us to be faithful stewards of what he wants. He wants us to be faithful servants to him. He wants us to be faithful to each other. He was also a fellow servant. Paul didn't pull rank on people just because he was the apostle. Remember in, in Philemon, in Philemon, when uh, he, he, he. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. He says, I. He basically could have used his apostleship, his, his him being apostle and said, well, you're going to do this because I told you to. But he said, no, he sent him. He sent Onimus, uh He sent Onimus back to Philemon and he and he greets Philemon as a brother in a, a brother in Christ. He didn't he didn't tell him, you know what, I'm an apostle and you take Onimus back and you love Onimus and you better treat him right. He's a slave, but you better treat him right. He didn't come at him like that. He came at him saying, my brother, please accept Onimus back to you even in, and take the debt that he owes and and charge it to me. I'll pay his debt. But he is a brother of Christ. Even though he's a slave, he's a runaway slave, but he's a brother in Christ. And I love him. He's our brother. Philemon, he's your brother too. So basically, Paul comes at him in, 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 as, in, as in one. We're, we're one. We're one in Christ. I'm not any better than you are just because I'm an apostle. It's just like having your own personal friends. You might refer to, 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 
I might refer to my my pastor here. He's I consider him a friend as well. You might refer to uh, Tom, and I may refer to him as Pastor Bright. But actually, that that can create a fault a falseness to some degree. Our job according to Ephesians 4 and 12, is to equip you for the work of the ministry. We're all ministers and we're all fellow servants. When someone asks you how many ministers that we have or how many ministers, you can smile and say, oh, I, you know, I have 300, 300 ministers because I got 300 friends that are saved, you know. I know 300 people that are saved, so I got 300 ministers. We all, um, pastor says, James 5 and 16 says, confess your sins one to another. Yeah, pray that you're one another because the fervent prayers of the righteous man availeth much. That's right. That's right. Amen. And so um, he's going back to when we were talking, what I was just talking about. Um I went to a church in uh, Potomac Bible Church one time, and they have like a whole lot of people um, that, man, it's a big church, and it has a whole lot of people, and it's uh, the Potomac, Potomac, we live out here by the Potomac uh, Potomac Mills, and when I was living in, um, the first time we came out here, uh, before I moved back to Texas, um, the first time, uh, Jada, we moved from Georgia out here. And I, we, I went to Potomac Bible Church, and uh, we had a whole lot of people there, man. And it seemed like everybody I knew uh, <laughs> was a pastor or a minister or something. You know, I was like, oh my God! But they had they they were called to other ministries there. They had faithful people stepped up to the plate every Sunday, even if the pastor had to be out of the church. But they had faithful people in worship, planning and leading. And they had people in the youth ministry and stuff like that. That's what that's what they um, they had there. And I've been to different churches, some smaller, some larger. But it's excuse me, it's important that we have faithful, the faithful few, the faithful ministry, faithful people. You know, a lot of things can go south because of people's unfaithfulness. But a lot of things can go good when they are faithful. But, you know, the second uh, faithful friend that Paul mentions is Ar- Aristarchus. I'm probably saying it right. Ar- Aristarchus. Aristarchus. A-R-I-S-T-A-R. Like Aries, like Ari. Aristarchus. In verse 10. So in verse 10, it says, Ar- and they pronounce, they even chop it up in the Bible. Our rich Tarchus, my fellow prisoners salute you. And Marcus, sister's son, and Barnabas, t- touching whom ye receive commandments. If he come unto you, receive him. So in that one, he's talking about another faithful friend. He's saying, my fellow prisoner, I send you greetings. Again, there's Paul sending greetings. Our, our, our Aristarchus stayed with Paul no matter what the circumstance were. He risked his life during a riot in Ephesus, sailed with uh, Paul to Rome, and suffered through a shipwreck. That's what he did. And now he's a fellow minister of the gospel with Paul. So it, it, it pays to be faithful to God and to the ministry of God. 
That's what I that's what I get out of this. It pays to be it pays to be faithful. Have somebody with you, even if you shipwrecking, you got somebody with you. I believe that he was willingly serving Paul. I don't believe that he was meant to, he was serving Paul against his will. You know, according to Roman law, a respectable prisoner was allowed two slaves to serve as his personal attendants. So y'all, um, we were talking about a slave in the ministry last night in uh, in our Bible study. And y'all realize that slavery back then was a lot different than what modern day slavery or the slavery that we know back in, um, in the earlier days, um, in the 1900s, early 1800s, slaves were actually considered different back then than, than the kind they're in the Bible. So we, um, I guess we could call them servants. Servants would be a good, a good name for them. Um, but Aristocharis was a unusual man. And if I would be willing to do that for one of my friends, like stay shipwrecked and go, go work for a fellow friend like that. Do you stay with your friends through the tough times or do you bail on them? There's a lot of people that have friends and you've been friends for a very long time, but they seem to bail on you. People need friends that's willing to stick out through the tough times. And the third type of faithful friend that Jesus talks about is justice. And he mentions justice in verse 11. He said, and Jesus, which is called justice, who are of the circumcision, these only are my fellow workers unto the kingdom of God, which have been a comfort unto, unto me. So that third friend, Jesus, who is called justice, also he sends him greetings. <laughs> the name Jesus was a very popular name back in the in the in those times. So we can't assume, we're not talking about Jesus Christ, the Son of the Living God. We're not talking about that Jesus. The name Jesus was a popular name in the Jewish families. In Hebrew, it meant Joshua, and which means Yahweh is salvation. And I, I named my son like that. My son's name was Joshua. Is Joshua, and since Christians have always revered the name Jesus. He may have taken the Roman name Justice after his conversion. You know how like Paul was, Saul was Paul. He, he may have taken on the name after his conversion in order to gain open door into Roman into the Roman Empire. In a similar way, way Paul names uh, was in, in the same way that Paul's name was changed uh, from Saul to Paul, along with uh, Aristocharis. And John Mark, justice would have been among the first Jews for Jesus. Jews for Jesus. Hallelujah. Jews for Jesus. And they want to they want to talk about that. That's crazy. Um, but there was an important role in Paul's life, traveling with him on the third missionary journey and was responsible for writing the gospel of Luke and the book of Acts. Uh, Luke helped to take care of Paul when he received beatings and when he suffered um, ailments. So when Paul, whenever Paul would get sick and he would get beaten, things like that, Luke would take care of him. He was well-educated and highly trained and was careful, and he was a historian. Yet he chose to use his gift for the kingdom because everything else was secondary to serving God. Do we make everything else secondary while we're serving Christ? Do we? That's a question we, we all need to ask ourselves. 
we make everything secondary to serving Christ. While to serving Christ, everything else is secondary. We know that according to 2 Timothy 4 and 11, Luke stayed with Paul right up until his death. He stayed with him all the way up until his death. When Paul wrote, only Luke is with me. And he calls for Mark at that point. Remember, he wants Mark to come because he he knows that there's use for Mark. But only Luke is with him. Only a faithful friend will stay to the very end. Are you that faithful friend? Paul's fifth friend. We talked about the five. We're in the we have the five friends. Paul's fifth friend demonstrated faithfulness by turning her home into a church, and her name was Nympha. N Y M P H A Nympha. Look at verse fifteen. Salute the brethren which is which are in Laodicea and Nymphas, the church which is in his house. So <laughs> it's not entirely clear whether Nympha was a man or a woman because some versions have it as a masculine ending and then other versions have it as though it's a, a feminine. But I'm assuming by the way this says, it says in his house. But like I said, some some versions say it's a uh, it's like a it's referring to a woman, because in Acts sixteen and fourteen, Paul wanted to make sure that those traveling to Colossus would give a special greeting to Nympha, Nympha. And I guess I would say Nympha. I would, normally the pha means P H A is girl, and P H O would Nympho would be boy. Paul recognized her critical role in the kingdom. So in this teaching, they're teaching it as Nympha is a girl. But I'm just going to close my closing. I just wanted to teach um, in Colossians um, chapter 4, verses 7 through 18. But in closing, as we wrap up this message and this series that I'm just, well, it ain't really a series because I'm only just teaching it one time. But as we talked about all the different, normally, I guess you put each, you teach about each one of the friends separately, but I kind of put them all together. But as we, as we uh, wrap this up, are your, are you faithful? Are you fervent? Are you faltering? Are you fickle? Or are you forgiven? Those are your five friends. Faithful, fervent, faltering, fickle, forgiven, forgiven. If you find yourself to be faltering or fickle, y'all got to go back to the basics. Go back and point from the final verses of Colossians. We got to go back to our first love. We got to respond to the scripture in, in, in the 16th part, in the 16th verse verses. And with this epistle to read, is read among you because that is to be read and also in the church of Laodicea and that ye likewise read the epistle from Laodicea. So what that's saying after this letter had been written and has been read to you, he's, he's saying we need to remember that scripture is to be read out loud. It's hard to believe that it was two years ago when we did the Bible reading. When, when I was, uh, I had taught about this and I think about I read, I, I did a, a teaching on this a couple of years ago. And this was, it was a good, it was a good lesson. Um, I'm kind of, 
I'm kind of torn right now because, you know, Paul tells the Colossians to pass the scripture along to church, to the church of Laodicea as well. But he also said, read, read it aloud, pass it around and read it aloud. Because he wanted his leadership to distribute the, uh, he wanted his leadership to understand what Paul was saying to the church. The letter from Laodicea may well have been that book of uh, Ephesians. Since the, two, the New Testament had not yet been assembled, the young churches circulated the different letters among themselves, just as the churches back then needed to respond to the scriptures. So do we respond the same way? That's why I like to do, <laughs> I like to talk and, and teach sometimes. We're going to focus on the book of Proverbs um, sometime in the coming future on uh, monumental moments. And we're going to be talking about some of the book of Proverbs. But are you passing, are you passing along the word of God to other people? We need to ask ourselves, do we pass the word of God to other people? If we haven't finished all of the things that we're supposed to do, why don't you take advantage of the open doors in our country, in the places that you live, to tell someone else about the Lord? We need to reflect what Jesus is telling us. Paul's normal practice to dictate his letters to describe, describe, and then he would include a short note in his own handwriting at the end. And he would always say in large letters, I use as I write to you, as I write to you with my own hand. He's telling them, as I write to you with my own hand, God has a stamp on our life with his own signature. We got to live out loud for Jesus. We have to live out loud for Jesus. Are you reflecting Jesus in your obvious and your own authentic way to those who don't know him? Remember those who are suffering. We got to remember those that are suffering. Paul tells the Colossians, the uh, Christians of Colossians, to remember my chains. Paul did not sit down with his laptop in a comfortable office nowhere. And he, he didn't just write those words down on a computer. You can almost hear the chains clanking in his as he's being as he's locked up in the prison. We often forget how much people suffer in order to bring the word to us. A lot of people don't like when you give them the word. Friends will often forget how much people suffer to make sure that they get the word. We, we mustn't be that kind of friend that forgets what people go through to give us the word. Receive grace. Look at grace be with you is what Paul says. Did you know that every single one of Paul's letters begins and ends with a word of grace? That was what they call his trademark. Just like I get on and say, hello, hello, hello. Thank you for joining Monumental Moments in God's Word. That's a trademark. That's a trademark. These bookends, it's a bookend. It's, it's part of your bookend and everything that else is in the middle. 
all the books that are in the middle. But hello, thank you for joining Monumental Moments in God's Word. I'll see you next week. Thank you for joining Monumental Moments in God's Word. See you next time, the beginning and the end. The, but y'all know they're bookends of grace. And they're, everything else is in the center. False teachers elevate legalistic self-efforts and expand of the doctrine of grace. But I'm thankful for grace. Aren't you? We should all be thankful for grace. We're going to focus on grace. God's unmerited favor. Huh. Mercy and grace. We need to re recommit our life to God who is supreme. I want to close by giving you the opportunity to recommit yourself to God, to Jesus. Don't we all need to receive grace for the first time? Or do we, are we needed as a fresh start? Some of y'all have been backslidden. Some of y'all have decided you didn't want to walk with Christ anymore, so you just gave up. But you want to recommit and come back. It's okay. Jesus does not just want to be prominent in your life. He deserves to be preeminent in your life. I'm going to say that again. Jesus does not just want to be prominent in your life. He wants to be preeminent. We're called not to outrun each other, but to run this race together. We need each other because we can't make it on our own. And we need Jesus as our, as our sins. They will consume us if we don't have Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. And in order, we also need to be, we, we must have humility in order for the church, the body of Christ, to function. We're all many members, but we're one body. Always remember, the Apostle Paul is showing us how the life of sacrificial service plays out in the ministry to other people. At the heart of the properly functioning body of Christ, the member must not be conformed to this evil age, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. The renewed mind will not think more highly of itself than it ought to, but will think with sound judgment. As God has allotted to each a measure of faith. In other words, each member will not arrogantly think that he is better or more important than the next member. But also, he will not despise the gift that God has given to him, however insignificant that it may seem like it is to us. He will humbly exercise them for the good of the body the good of the body, and for the glory of God. So Paul now shows how humility operates in functioning, in the functioning body. So he is saying that humility requires that we recognize the concept of the body of Christ and that we function in the area of our own gifts. 
And Paul briefly sets forth the concept of the church as the body of Christ, which is the one several analogies used to describe the church. But drop on down because we're in Romans at this point. Romans 12. Romans 12. 12 and 4. 12, 4 and 5. Paul briefly sets forth the concept of the church as the body of Christ, which is one of the several analogies. That's where we, that's where um, Romans 4, one, Romans 12, 4 and 5. And then we talk in 6, and eight, six through 8 where he mentions, by the way of examples, even spiritual gifts that are functioning in the body make the point that those who possess these gifts must exercise them faithfully. There's it again. In order for the body to function properly. No member possesses all the gifts, and thus we're all interdependent. To the extent that the members of the local church do not recognize the concept of the body and faithfully function as a human members, as humble members of the body of Christ. But when the members of the church faithfully exercise, if they faithfully exercise, their gifts with humility. That church will be healthy. Today, we can only look where Paul makes the point that humility requires that we recognize. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. ...and function within the concepts of the body of Christ. We need each other. We need each other. We need each other. And so that I'm going to go ahead and end. I thank you all for joining me. This was basically a teaching lesson on tonight. That's all I did was basically teach. Um, thank you for joining me. I love you all. Um, we're going to hear a, a message. Uh, we're going to hear a, uh, a music as we leave um, as we leave tonight. Hey, Pernitha, I'm glad you joined me. God bless you. Um, Romans 12, four and five. That's right. And so basically tonight I just took time out to really just, um, really just, um, 
read some scriptures and actually talk about them. So Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the gifts that you've given us, Lord. We thank you for who you are in our lives. And Father, I just ask, Lord God, that as we leave from this leave from this um, lesson tonight, Lord God, and we leave from, from each other's presence, Lord God, that we don't leave from your presence, Lord. Father God, we thank you for each and every person that's here at the sound of my voice. Lord God, I thank you, Lord, even though I haven't felt well in my body, Lord God. Father, I just ask, Lord God, that you touch me, heal me in Jesus' name, Lord God. I give you all the glory and all the honor. Father God, reach down and touch each and every person at the sound of my voice, Lord God. Allow them to understand and to, to, uh, to stay faithful and humble before you, God. Father God, let them get everything that they needed to get out of this message, Lord. And I thank you and I glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray until we meet again. Amen. 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 Faithfully exercise. Amen. Absolutely. We need each other. We love you also. I love you, Pernitha. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So we're going to hear a, a, a um, another song. Hold on a minute. And we're going to listen to Tasha Cobbs and um, Gracefully Broken. Gracefully Broken. Woo! Let your worship right there in this moment. All I have in these hands and multiplies, God, all that I am and find my heart. Altar again, set me on fire. Set me on fire. Come on, sing. Take all having these hands and multiply. God, all that I am and find my heart on the altar again. Set me on fire. Set me on fire. Here I am, God, wide open, pouring out my life, gracefully broken. Here I am, here I am, 
Testimony by Marvin Sapp. I don't have any rights to this music, but I wanted to share this. I made it through. I made it through. See, I didn't 
experience loss at a major cost. But I've never lost faith in you. So if you see me cry, it's just a sign that I'm I'm still alive. I'm still alive. Oh, I got some scars, but I'm still alive. In spite of calamity, he still has a plan for me. He still has a plan for me. And it's working for my good. And it's building my testimony. So that I may. Spite of the storm and rain, in spite of the storm and rain, I am I'm still alive. that I made it through. I didn't lose. I didn't lose. Experience lost. Experience lost. And the were naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. But when you look back over your life, you realize I made it
me cry. It's just a sign that I'm still alive. I'm still alive. Got some scars, but I'm still alive. In spite of calamity, in spite of the calamity, he still has a plan. It's working. It's working. Working for me. 
testimony my testimony y'all know i'm about to leave here but lord that kind of woke me up and got me got me up to going you know uh i have a lady on here named pernitha taylor um and she suffered through two strokes and god has been good to her she's still here in the land of the living with us and she's just been testifying by sending me message after message and how God favors her. Recovering from two strokes, she says, Lord, I stretch my hand to thee. Hallelujah. When you can serve him in the midst of your troubles. I do I hear a witness right now. When you can, when you can trust him and serve him in the midst of your troubles, know that God, God got you. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you. And I would be remiss if I didn't give anybody a chance that wanted to come to the Lord, a chance to come to the Lord. Maybe you backslid. Maybe you were not where you want to be in him, but you have. there's a way that you can make it back. Just surrender your life to the Lord. No one knows my story and I will forever praise God. Father God, use me as you see fit. This is Pranitha. Father God, I know that you are going to restore my talking and use me to other use me to witness to others and let others know that you are a great I am. You are the great I am. Do you know, Sister Pranitha, she uh in her strokes, she has lost the ability to actually speak clearly. And but she is a soldier for the Lord. You hear me? And so we just praise him right now. That only she can tell her story like she can tell her story. But I'm just here as a mouthpiece for her. That lo- knowing that God is yet in control. And he is going to do all those things. And he's going to restore her back to her health. He's going to restore her back to her health. And so we just praise him and we thank him. But if you'd like to uh, give yourself to the Lord. If you'd like to, to um, just pray this quick prayer with me. Lord, here I am. Here I am, Marla, confessing to you, my God, that I am a sinner. And I believe that you, the Lord Jesus Christ, that you died for me and for my sins on the cross. And you were raised for my justification. And now you 
Now I would like to receive you and confess you as my personal Savior. Lord, come into my life and be Lord of my life. I give you free reign over my life. Lord God, I accept you as my personal Savior. Forgive me for anything that I've done. Forgive me for all unrighteousness. Forgive me for any sin that I've committed knowingly and unknowingly so that I will have a chance to live with you in paradise. In Jesus Christ, I pray and I thank you. Amen and amen. If you prayed that small prayer with me and you ask God to come into your heart, let him be the controller of your heart and of your life. Then the Bible says that thou, you're saved. It says if you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus Christ was risen from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So, welcome to the family of God. Welcome to the family of God. And I just thank you. I thank you. And um, I, we hope to see you next week um, with a new title. Praise God. Um, I just thank him because he's yet that good and he's yet that kind of God. We're going to leave out on tonight with one last song that's going to, that we're going to leave out, um, as we're going on, um, Fill Me Up by Tasha Cobbs. Come on, let the sound of worship be released from your lips tonight. Come on, raise it now. Oh, that's good, y'all. Raise it, raise it. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.